0: I love living in southeastern Indiana. I love Dearborn County. One of the reasons I do is because many of you have gardens. Raise your hand if you have ever grown a garden. Okay. I'm a runner, so I like to run. And oftentimes, while I'm running around Dearborn County, I see people who have gardens that are so fruitful that they take their vegetation and they just put it at the end of their driveway and they're like, here, just just take it. It's free. I have too many cucumbers. I have too many tomatoes, whatever it is, it's yours. Other people set up shop and try to make some money and sell produce at the end of their driveway. I think this is absolutely fascinating. And awesome. There is one gentleman in our county who has a little produce stand that he's opened up at the end of his driveway, and all summer he has been fascinating me. I run by his little uh, produce stand quite regularly, and the reason why it sticks out is that he has a pretty remarkable sign. He took an old palette and he painted the Boards on the Pallet. And it reads this. Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are seeds. You can plant flowers or you can grow weeds. Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are seeds, you can plant flowers, or you can grow weeds. The other day I was on a run, and uh, I actually, this is, this is, I'm not, I'm not, like, joking, like, seriously, I, this sign has, like, brought a lot of fruit in my own, just, like, thinking about this, and it was, the other day I was running, and he, he was at the end of his road, and he was putting, like, cantaloupe out in his little produce thing at the end of his road, and I actually stopped, and I was like, Man, I just want to let you know that like all summer, I have been meditating upon your sign. It was like, my wife saw that little saying at a, at a craft fair, and she asked if I'd be willing to like write it on a pallet, and so I did. I made one for the house, and then we decided to make one for the end of the road. I was like, well, you've changed my life. I just want to let you know that. I want to talk today about how our soul is a garden. Your soul is a garden. Whenever you grow a garden, what do you also grow? Weeds, right? If you have have figured out how to grow a garden without weeds, please, make a YouTube video. You'll be famous. Because every garden has weeds. When I was a young child, we had a huge garden at the Meyer House. As a young child, like the size of it was like a football field. And it was where Terry and Dwayne Meyer practiced child labor in ways that were clearly illegal. (laughs) I remember so often my dad would literally just hand me, for those of you who remember days of like brown garbage bags, he would hand me a doubled brown garbage bag and say, fill it up and you can come inside. (laughs) Every garden will have weeds. I want to look at today's gospel, uh, today's second reading, specifically the letter to the Hebrews. At the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain. All discipline seems, at the time, not for joy but for pain. Yet later, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. So strengthen your drooping hands and your weak knees. I want to talk today about the discipline of confession for your garden. I want to talk about the discipline of confession that seems not a cause for joy, but for pain. Yet later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. So... We need to strengthen our drooping hands and our weak knees. I want you to think about your soul as a garden. And I want you to think about the weeds as your sins. For those of you who have ever had a garden, it is a discipline to weed your garden. Yes or yes. And forever, for any of you who have ever planted a garden and then not weeded your garden, it's a disaster. And if you go away on vacation and you come back, it's a disaster. Because it is a discipline to weed your garden. And I'm going to tell you as well, it's a discipline to weed the garden of your soul. As a young child, I remember one time arguing with my mother about having to go out and weed the garden. And I was just curious. So I said, Mom, like, why do I have to weed the garden? And for some reason, I do remember my mom just being very clear. She said, Jonathan, if you don't weed the garden... The weeds will suck all of the nourishment and all of the hydration from the plants that we planted. And we won't have tomatoes. We won't have cucumbers. We won't have peppers. We won't have green beans and yellow beans and radishes and carrots and lettuce. We won't have them because the weeds will suck the nourishment and the hydration. I want you to think about your life and think about the garden of your soul. What does sin do? It's like a weed. what do weeds do? They suck the nourishment and the hydration of life from us. I think a beautiful definition of sin that I go back to again and again, sin is things that we do that we think at the moment will make us happy, but they never do. At the moment of temptation, what do we think the sin is going to do? Make us happy and bring us joy. What is sin? Never, never, ever fulfills that promise. It actually always makes things what? Worse. The amount of emotional and spiritual and mental energy that is spent on our sins, which is actually very high for a lot of us, the amount of emotional and mental and spiritual energy that is spent on your sins steals the joy that you're supposed to have in your life. And thus we don't bear fruit. God wants you to have joy. God wants you to bear fruit. But we often don't because we don't weed the garden of our own soul that steals and sucks up the joy of life. As a young child, I learned very quickly that kneeling to weed could often be painful. If you think about yourself kneeling in your garden... the position that you take when you weed your garden is kneeling. What's the position you take when you go to confession? You kneel down. Weeding was painful, particularly if you didn't know to wear a glove when you're trying to get big prickers out of your garden. And going to confession could be painful. In fact, what did we hear in the letter of the Hebrews? So strengthen your drooping hands and your weak knees. Your weak knees. Confession can be painful, but it always bears with it the fruit of righteousness. As a young child, I learned that when I weeded, I could fool my mom and dad. And instead of actually digging the root of the weed out, I could just kind of cut off the top of the weed and put some dirt on top of it. (laughs) But how many of us do this with our life, right? A good confession is not just the confessing of your sins to make things look better. It's actually digging into our hearts, our souls, and to root up. I think one of the most powerful things when you go to confession is actually to spend the time in silence and prayer and meditation, to actually ask the question, why? What is actually the root that's manifesting itself in the sin? What's in my core that needs to be reorientated, redirected, so that the weeds just don't keep coming up again and again and again and again In the summer's heat. You see, my brothers and sisters, there is no magical chemical or spray or easy fix. Weeding your garden is a discipline, but a good discipline that ultimately will bear fruit, the fruit of righteousness, just as a well weeded garden will bear the fruit of cucumbers and zucchini and tomatoes and peppers. Listen again to the letter of the Hebrews. All discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain, yet later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. Is the soul of your garden bearing fruit so much so that you have to share it with others? Or are the weeds in your soul sucking your life away. I want to talk about a powerful witness that I had one time about how the discipline of confession bore fruit in ways that I couldn't have imagined. As a young priest in Jennings County, at the Muscatatuck Urban Training Center, the National Guard opened a brand new program called the Patriot Academy sadly due to funding they shut it down but for three years they ran what was known as the patriot academy young people who had dropped out of high school and never graduated who wanted to enter into the national guard were flown from all over the 50 states the united states of america to the muscatatuck urban training center the patriot academy guaranteed them that they would get their ged but they would also graduate as officers in the Army. It was a phenomenal rehabilitation program. There's many reasons why people don't graduate from high school. But I will tell you, I met some people with some pasts that were unbelievably jaw-dropping. Drug dealers, former drug addicts, prostitutes, sex trafficking, you name it, it was there at the Patriot Academy. And these young men and young women were learning discipline, they were being educated, and they were being formed. The Patriot Academy had a chaplain, and he, he was phenomenal. He fulfilled his role to a T. As a chaplain for the National Guard, he himself was a non-denominational Christian, but his role was not to make everybody non-denominational Christian. His role was to meet the spiritual needs of all of those who were members of the Patriot Academy. There were two of them that were Jewish. And on Friday nights he would drive them an hour and a half to Bloomington, Indiana because that was the closest synagogue. He drove some of them to a mosque in Louisville. He himself preached and ministered to the Protestants and him and I developed a great partnership for all those who were Catholic. We had buses that would pick up the soldiers and bring them to our Mass. We brought Catholics who had only been baptized fully into the church through confirmation and First Holy Communion. It it was beautiful. But as I said, this guy, like, was very, very, very—he knew what was supposed to happen. So in his mind, Catholics didn't just go to Mass on Sunday. So he would have me come out during the week and say a daily Mass for all of these soldiers. He also knew that they were supposed to be going to confession. So he didn't ask them if they wanted to go to confession. He told them they were going to confession. Now remember, I told you a little bit about the background of some of these soldiers. I will tell you, I heard some of the most delightful confessions of my whole entire life. (laughs) But it didn't end there. Listen again. At the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain, yet later, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness. These individuals were burdened by sin, by abuse, by addiction, their own and others. And they experienced, by rooting the sins out of their life, by rooting the weeds out of their garden, they experience fruit and joy and freedom in ways that they could never imagine. And you want to know what these soldiers did? They put their overabundance at the end of their driveway. They went back to their other soldiers who were Jewish and Muslim and atheists and said, I got to go into a room. And I got to tell a man everything that I've done wrong. And he wasn't allowed to tell anybody. And he told me that I was forgiven and that God loves me. The next time I offered confessions, there were Jews and atheists and Muslims in line who wanted to do the same we as Catholics often forget how blessed we are. That one of our sacraments is to weed the garden of our soul. To uproot the sins and the hurt. Why? All discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain. Yet later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. My brothers and sisters, just as you have been trained by good parents and grandparents and godparents and catechists to receive the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, we are also called to be trained in the discipline of confession, of regular confession, to uproot from our garden the weeds that suck the life that suck the joy and the nutrients of God's grace and virtue from our lives. Let's pray for the grace today to strengthen our drooping hands and our weak knees and to turn to the Lord and find joy again and again and again. Amen. Amen.